Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Red Sox On Deck Prospect Podcast. Part of the Over the Monster Podcast Network, I am your host, Bob Osgood. Shelly is out this week, she'll be back next week, and in her place we have a familiar guest to the Over the Monster fans. Keaton DeRocher is here. Keaton, what's going on, man? Not much. Glad to fill in for Shelly. Talk some yeah. prospects. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Um, we're going to get into the news and notes, and we finally have some news and notes uh, in a second. First, uh, some reminders if you enjoy what we do here. Uh, please leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you use to listen to the Over the Monster podcast. Um, we have this, the On Deck podcast. We also have the Over the Monster podcast with Matt Collins and Brian Joyner. Uh, the Red Seat with Jake Devereaux and Keaton DeRocher. And the Precap with Shelly and Keaton. So both of those who you'll be familiar with after today. Um, so moving along to the news and notes Keaton, we no longer have to use the words alternate site in the present tense, hopefully, ever again. <laughs> um, 20 months later, we saw baseball played yesterday uh, on minor league diamonds. It was a great thing. Got my MILB TV subscription for the first time, and I'm ready to go with this. Um, figured that we would start by reading off some of the assignments uh, of the different levels, and you know, we talked level by level, Shelly and I and Jake for the first few weeks, AAA down to low A and below, um, which we don't have assignments for yet below low A. But I figured I would go through kind of, uh, we've been using the SoxProspects.com list, their top 30, a um, few names at each level, just to kind of reinforce that most of them are the same as where they were expected to be from that site but a triple a worcester um jeter downs it was a shortstop second baseman jaron duran center fielder tanner hauk right-handed pitcher connor siebold right-handed pitcher who's starting on the injured list connor wong catcher edward bazardo right-handed pitcher and jonathan arauz infielder at double a portland we've got tristan cassius first base Thaddeus Ward, right-handed pitcher. Ronaldo Hernandez, catcher. Jason Rosario, center field. Frank German, right-handed pitcher. Josh Winkowski, right-handed pitcher. Durbin Feltman, right-handed pitcher. And A.J. Politi, right-handed pitcher. At high A Greenville, Jay Groom, left-handed pitcher. Chris Murphy, left-handed pitcher. Brian Bayo, right-handed pitcher. And Jacob Wallace, right-handed pitcher. At low A, Gilberto Jimenez, center field. Aldo Ramirez, right-handed pitcher. Nick York, second base. Matthew Lugo, shortstop. Nick Decker, outfield. Jorge Rodriguez, left-handed pitcher. And Ryan Zephyrjohn, right-handed pitcher. And then a few others, extended spring training. Brainer Bonacci is shortstop, as well as Blaze uh, Jordan, corner infielder. Uh, and then some others. Brian Mata, we know, is injured. Uh, Hudson Potts, third base, second base, is injured. And... Noah Song, who we've talked about plenty, uh, filling military commitments. So uh, those are the official assignments. They came out shortly after we recorded last week, so it seemed like something worth getting back to uh, before moving on to some of the games that we've seen the last uh, in the last day. Um, Keaton starting off in Worcester last night. The Worcester Red Sox lost to the Buffalo Bisons six to one. There were a couple of 
interesting name. It wasn't a great game uh, for the Red Sox. Tanner Houck, who we've talked about plenty on this show and uh, been certainly very excited about how he's looked in his major league um, appearances. He allowed eight hits in three innings uh, as well as three runs. Uh, The offense was shut down by Nate Pearson and um, Jeter Downs and Jaron Duran each were 0 for 4. So it was interesting to me. I did catch a couple innings of that game, seeing all of those players that we've seen in the major leagues, you know, with Pearson going against Houck as the pitching matchup in itself was interesting. Um, also saw Rowdy Telez and just a few different names that, that we've seen a lot of uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, any thoughts or, um, you know, any concerns from that first game? Or do you think it's just kind of, you know, without giving up eight hits, might be a bit of a drag being down at AAA after he'd been, been in the big leagues. Yeah, I'm not surprised that how stumbled a bit, mainly because you know he went through an entire spring training with a big league team, had an initial start at the major league level, and then it was paused down at the alternate side, then came back for another spot start, and then was shut down for a really long time before finally getting going again here. That's not a great way to start a season, to just kind of be that intermittent. So I'm not surprised that he struggled a little bit, um, especially against a team uh, in the Bisons that had, as you outlined, like a handful of batters in their roster that have seen some major league pitching. Talese tends to just murder the Red Sox. So um, the fact that he was just able to get through three innings and not be hurt, I think I'm happy about. And I'll look for him to have a much better start second time around. Yeah, I hear that. And it, it sounded like they want him to work on a third pitch down there, too. I didn't exactly get an overview of what he was throwing and how often. Um, but he might be working on some things down there. And they might have told him, you know, don't worry about the results. Go down there, develop a third pitch. Um, so, yeah, but I agree with you. It's been start and stop. He hasn't been out there for a lengthy appearance in quite some time. So not a huge surprise. Um, we're going to talk about Jaron Duran a little bit. Uh, towards the end of this episode, but he was 0 for 4. He did make in the the first couple of innings a nice catch at the wall where he um, got a good jump on the ball, tracked it, caught it at the wall, got it back in for a double play. Um, So it was good to see him, you know, there's been a little bit of question about his outfield play, and now that he's at, this is his first time playing minor league competitive games as much as he's been playing. We've been seeing his name everywhere as much as anybody in the um in the Red Sox system so it was good to see him get a good jump on the ball and uh, playing center field it looks like he'll play a little left and right to keep him versatile as we talked about last week uh, moving down to the Portland Sea Dogs at double a they lost the New Hampshire Fisher Cats 11 to 2 um Andrew Politi was the pitcher there he was ineffective he had nine base runners in four innings gave up four runs uh, had four strikeouts so uh, not a great day there but a couple of uh, higher-up prospects, Tristan Cash's first of all, was 2-for-4 four four with an RBI uh, and two strikeouts. And then Jason Rosario, who we're going to talk about later, he was 2-for-3 with a walk and a run, stolen base and a caught stealing. Um, Keaton, anything to add there? Um, you know, we'll be talking about these guys in a little bit, but any thoughts on the double-A squad this year? Uh, the double-A squad and the triple-A squad, uh, it's been a while since we have had some depth in the upper minors for the Red Sox. And both 
Worcester and Portland have really great baseball teams this year, at least to start. I yep. imagine by the end they won't because they've got some really nice players. <laughs> so at least to start, we've got some yep. depth in the upper minors, and it's really nice to see Casas and Rosario get off to hot starts. I'm not real worried about Duran um, miss a day because, again, he had an intermittent start going through a full spring training and then not doing anything for a really long time, just doing the – Exhibition games at the alternate site, so not worried about that, but it's always good when you see um, you know, guys that you want to see succeed start off right away and being successful. So I yeah. like it. Yeah, and um, to be clear, we're not going to be going game by game the whole season. We're just excited to have one day worth of results. It feels like we have a month <laughs> yeah. worth of games to talk about here. Um, there is something that has happened. There are games being played, so... It's good to just have a couple of tidbits to talk about, but we're certainly not going to look at Downs or Durango and 0 for 4 in Game 1 and start panicking, so uh, don't worry about that. Um, elsewhere, there was a lot of rain, and there is continued rain tonight. It looks like some of these games are in question uh, as we're recording on Wednesday night. Um, but on Tuesday night, there was a, the Greenville team was rained out, at high A and Salem played one inning and then they were rained out at low A. Uh, Aldo Ramirez got the start, unfortunately gave up a two run homer and that was the only inning that he pitched. So not much to take away there. I know I've talked a lot about Ramirez and I'm excited to see him start this year. Um, as excited really of anyone that I'm hoping to make a jump in the system. So I'm going to have to wait another few days to take a look at a Ramirez appearance. And then we, uh, it's a requirement that we bring up Garrett Whitlock, especially since last week I was uh, considering uh, comparing him to Pedro Martinez and mentioning that he was <laughs> one-third of the way to the all-time record for most innings to start a career. Uh, at th- he was at 13, the record was 39, and he is human. He finally gave up a run. Um, since we've talked... Every week about Garrett Whitlock, I will take a back seat. Anything that you want to add, uh, Keaton, about Whitlock and what you've seen so far to start this year, and are you as excited as I am? Yeah, just that he's really fun. I'm sure that you've uh, talked him to death, so I don't think there's anything I can say that will add any new insight to it. He's just fun to watch and like to see it keep going. Yeah, and seems to be pitching in higher leverage situations, and same thing with Darwin's in later in the game, so uh, it was good to see Ottavino bounce back a little bit last night. But that will, you know, whether it's Hauk or it's Whitlock, we've talked about that. They might be at the start of the games or at the back of the games, or who knows. That these two months are so important to kind of evaluate the team and see what you have, and then make adjustments from there. So, um, did want to talk with you today about the draft a little bit, Keaton. Um, we did an episode. Uh, two weeks ago, talking about some of about the top four players and our targets and some possible possibilities outside of that top four. Um, kind of want to start by asking you, who are you hoping that the Red Sox end up with at the fourth pick? As a first question. Well, um, I mean, it's one of the the two Vandy pitchers. It seems like Jack Leiter, the helium is just is elevated him a lot like uh i mean i remember the beginning of the the college season um there was a bunch of mock drafts that had lighter going seventh and i was like 
there is no way right. that's possible because if he's there at four, the Red Sox yes. are taking him. So I right. was excited about that because it seemed like there was a very real chance that was going to happen. And now it kind of seems like they have an outside shot at Rocker um, with Lighter probably going first. I would love that. Really, they're they're hoping that Detroit has been rumored to want to go under slot at number three. And if that's the case, they will not take Rocker. But I don't know if you can be that stupid that high up in the draft. <laughs> like if you if you have a top three pick and you have a chance to get Rocker, like go under slot somewhere else. Right. You don't go under Figure slot at the number three pick. So And I, last year when there was only five rounds, I feel like there were less opportunities to go under slot and you had less flexibility. Um, but yeah, you don't yeah. want to do that at three. No. So I imagine the Tigers are going to be smarter than that. So he's probably not going to be there. And then if that's the case, we're probably looking at uh, Marcelo Meyer, who I'm sure you probably talked about. But a guy that actually really interests me a lot is Jackson Job. I don't know if you've talked about him. We haven't. So have at it. Great. So he's a prep arm right-handed pitcher out of Oklahoma who already has four pitches that all grade out above average. Um, he's got a 60 fastball, 65 slider, the best slider in the class, uh, prep and college. And then he already has a fourth pitch of a 55 curveball and even a, a 60 change. Wow. So being 18 and having four above average pitches is like very rare. Yep. Um, Dylan Bundy, who was also a, an Oklahoma guy um, and was, I believe, at one point the second number two overall prospect in baseball, uh, had a similar arsenal. Um, he was a bit stockier, um, so maybe there's some like durability issues, especially with a guy that's 18 already. But um, he tops out at 96, sits more consistently 92 to 94. Um, but at, you know, he's 18, he can probably add a couple miles an hour to that by the time he would be major league ready but i think the biggest thing for the red sox is finding a pitcher at number four and if it's not one of the vandy boys um i'd be pretty happy with job here uh yeah so you would probably you'd be okay if they went pitcher regardless yeah Yeah. i would um because this guy is available i mean if if i mean this is kind of a unique class with lighter and rocker like if they weren't there he might be in the mix to go number one but it's surprisingly top heavy with pitching so yeah and the uh the latest mlb mock uh with jim callis has job going 11th to the nationals just for perspective yeah um but we might see him jump up yeah i i mean i would just i think i have my heart set on pitching though so that that might be why yeah but um, it is extremely rare to find an 18-year-old that has four pitches, let alone all above 50 grades. Right. And to have um, one of his pitches be the best pitch in the class with that slider uh, and the Red Sox affinity for slider first guys right? Uh, and getting the most out of them, it just seems like such a great fit for the need and his skill set and just the, the raw talent that's there. Um and it would just be great to see them develop a pitcher because right. what's the last one? Uh, Lester. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> I mean, I guess... Because you could argue some other ones, but it's Lester for me. Yeah, same. I mean, I guess you you could argue Buckholtz, yeah. but too inconsistent. It It's probably Lester. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep, so, I mean, yeah, and honestly, he he probably does have a lot of uh, Jay Groom vibes to him, but um, because, again, that was a prep arm um, that had, he didn't have four pitches, but he had three above average pitches and he had the best curveball in the glass. Um, built similarly to 6 to 190. Um, the only difference was Groom had some red flags and he dropped to was it 12th, I think, the Red Sox had that pick. Uh, this would be kind of maybe reaching on a guy. Um, MLB.com has him as number six in the class, and you said that most recent mock has him at 11, so maybe this would be going a bit high. But, um, you know, this would be a way for the Red Sox to get a pitcher and go under slot if, you know, he's expecting to be 11th. They could probably save a few hundred thousand dollars there for a pick later yeah. in the round so i think it checks a lot of the boxes that i'm looking for the red Sox to target at that pick as well as perhaps save a little bit of money for the draft class um so if rocker's not there i w- i'm hoping they go job yeah and and these mocks are changing every week and lord knows what is causing them to change right the the latest one they have is jordan lawler going one to the pirates and lighter dropping to two that's the first time that i've seen that but um mm. you know it mentioned that lighter's given up eight home runs in the past three weeks i don't know what that is four or five starts um but seems like <laughs> I, I don't think we'll see him at seven again but that yeah. is slipping <laughs> a little bit so this stuff is just it's changing by the week yeah. well there was Who knows two... what people know <laughs> um not last week, but the week before, that uh, mock had Rocker going fourth. And the same week, ESPN came up with their rankings and they had Rocker fourth. And then last yep. week, uh, MLB.com came out with another mock and they had Rocker going third. So it's like, I don't know what's changed in four days. but Yeah. Oh, it's four today. <laughs> yeah. So that won't confuse you at all. Oh, so it's gone back down. Okay. Yes. <laughs> they got Meyer at third yeah. and Rocker at four. So, Pittsburgh um, going with Lawler, though, that makes more sense to me because one they're still awful developing pitchers but lighter is almost major league ready and that team is bad yeah and it wouldn't make any sense to develop him and then force him to try and play on a really bad team because then they'll be out of control and have to trade him and probably get hosed on another pitching trade right so for just the love of jack lighter i really hope that they go lawler because that fits their timeline way yeah. better yeah the pirates get beat up on a lot but it's i, mean, I know they just purged everybody but yeah i don't know if i have confidence that they'll yeah. replace them with competent people so yeah the only team that i'm glad we don't have to look up at here is uh, the rockies because well i guess i wish they were ahead <laughs> of the red Sox, but they're purging as well yeah um all right so the great name glad you threw that out there um any other thoughts or you want to kind of move on to some of the Red yeah Sox one other guy that would be interesting but i don't expect the red Sox to go that route is henry davis catcher from louisville yeah um he has been compared to will smith but more polished uh it's a bat first catcher is a really strong arm but um has some work to do on his receiving skills which as a college catcher kind of extends his eta out there not that the red Sox are really in need of a catcher because they actually they actually have some depth there yeah um but he's just an interesting prospect to me that i'll probably follow with interest because he does have an interesting skill set but um 
Yeah, that was my pick as well. Not someone I would think top four. Yeah, I don't know if they would go catcher at four. Um, but I think he's a really interesting prospect. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Um, wanted to kind of move along a little bit to kind of some prospects that you're most excited about to watch in the Red Sox system in 2021. Um, so I guess who are you most excited to see and why is it Jaron Duran? Yeah, I mean, you get visions of healthy Ellsbury with this skill set, right? And it's just hard. I mean, I don't think he could be like uh, that 31 homer season, but consistently 20 home runs, 30 steals, hitting 280 to 290. That while playing gold glove defense in center field in Fenway Park is just... It's it's just so exciting to think yeah. about, and so I mean, before he made the adjustments at the alternate site last year with his uh, stance and mechanics at the plate that unlocked some of his power, I was excited about him. I thought even if he was hitting like ten to twelve homers a year, the rest of his skill set was would more than make up for whatever power laps there would be and it's just the perfect top of the order guy so he didn't really need to hit homers just get on base which he can do really well score runs and play defense and then he started hitting bombs and i was like okay okay that came i'm here for this (laughs) yeah so i I watched him very intently all spring watching all of his at bats and then continued to hit bombs in spring training and look really good and i was hoping that if um you know, Cordero was going to be hurt for an extended period of time that there was an outside chance that he'd break camp with Red Sox, but that was probably just wishing on a star, but yeah. that's okay. Cause it's not going to be long before he's up in the major leagues, but, and that's, that's basically it. It's just the, that skill set is just wild. And so I am really excited to see him continue. I mean, it hasn't, you know, we're looking for the power to carry through the major league level, um, and hopefully it's with triple A level as well. But um seeing it in spring training in action against major league pitchers at times, um, just made me buy in that much more that it's real and I believe that it will carry through. And then we'll have ourselves uh quite the ball player. Yeah, and, and with center fielders it's the opposite of developing a pitcher and some of these were free agents, but they have had top tier center fielder since what oh two oh three going back to Damon and Crisp and Ellsbury and Bradley and you really gotta hope that Duran is the next in that line. Um but it's been close to two decades that you've had someone out there that you could really rely on defensively, whether it's a great glove or a great arm. Um so hopefully he can do one of those because we know he has the speed. Yep. Um, so who else did you did you want to get into? Um, we mentioned Rosario a little um, at the beginning. Yeah, <clears throat> I was watching him last night. He had he had two hits. He had a steal. The caught stealing was on a hit and run, and um, he just he looked comfortable and playing well in a good table setter at the top of the lineup. Yeah, I really liked Rosario when he signed um, as a J two guy in San Diego, um, and his first couple seasons stateside went pretty well um hit 299 404 368 and then 
I mean, it's a bit of a down year in 2019, um, which probably led to the the trade. He jumped up from A ball to high A, uh, and hit 244. Yeah, 19 years old. Hit 244, but still had a, a 372 OBP. Like he's just his skill set is he's really fast. He can get on base. Like uh, he's basically kind of like Jaron Duran without the power. Um, yeah. 18 steals in 2018, 11 steals in 2019. Uh, most steals he's had in the season or homers he's had in the season is three. So there's not much power there, but he's got a really great hit tool, real good feel for the strike zone. He'll get on base a bunch and play really good defense. So I'm looking for him to have a nice, strong bounce back season here. Um, with the Red Sox, there's a lot of guys that I was bummed we didn't get to see in like actual competition last year, and that's most of my like my guys to watch outside of Duran are just guys that I would have been really excited about last year, and then we didn't get to see them. So now I'm like more antsy to see them again. Yeah, uh, and Rosario is one of them. I was really uh, happy that he came back in the trade uh, because he was a guy that I liked when he initially came out and got signed. And he's still just really young. He's 21 at double A now. Um, after some time at the alternate site last year, so I'm looking for him to take a nice big step forward, and I think that he can do that. So I'm excited uh, to see him get some at bats here too. Yeah, and and he might be um, if if he can take that that step, even without the power, if he can be a table setting um, hitter for, like you said. He's had a great OBP at every stop, even when his average has been low. Uh, he seems to have more of the instincts to play center field. Um, so if they both end up, Duran and Rosario, it's possible that Rosario's in center and Duran's at one of the corners. We're talking, obviously, a few years from now, not tomorrow. But, um, you know, it, it sounds like he might be a little more likely to be a center fielder, at least in current state. Um Anyone else that you want to talk about that you're excited to see after the year off? Uh, Rosario, Duran, and Verdugo would be an incredibly good defensive outfield too. Right. Oh, absolutely. So, excited for that. Yeah. Um, well, Jay Groom, for obvious reasons, uh, now far enough removed from his injuries, uh, only pitched four innings in 2019. Then there was no minor league site or no uh, minor league games last year. So he was a guy that I was really looking forward to seeing and really thought it would be like his do or die season last year. And there was no minor leagues. So I feel, I still feel the same now. That's basically, he's healthy now. Um, he's had time to develop now with the Red Sox. He's still young, so he's got that going for him. Um, but it feels like if he doesn't put it together this year, that he just may not. That feels like the make or break. So he's, he's the guy that I'm going to be watching uh, because basically he has to take a step forward at this point. Um and have a healthy season. Yeah, we, we need to send Chris Sale down to wherever he is and light a fire under his ass again like he did a couple <laughs> yeah. of years ago. Be the, yeah. the Kevin Garnett for Jay Groom. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, Matthew Lugo, who is another guy that is just – he's really good defensively. Um, he's not anything to wow you at the plate. He's got nice speed and he can get on base, um, but he's like that uh, just – stereotypical uh, speedy infielder that just has off the charts defensive ability. Um, 
and will probably do enough at the plate to be interesting. He's like um, uh, Jose Iglesias kind of guy. Right. Which is really valuable at the major league level. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, he's had a long career. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that Lugo could be that kind of infielder um, wherever he lands. Um, he's, uh, you know, have has a, he's still only, um, was he 20? He's 19. So his, his ETA is not anytime soon. Um, but again, he was a guy that split between two levels in 2019. And then, um, you know, I saw enough in that season to be interested. And then um, that was only in like 40 games and there was no season. So yeah. I didn't get to see how he carried that forward. And so now we're here again and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm antsy. I want to see it again. I want to see, yeah. <laughs> want to see and, it happen again. So and, and you feel like the guys that are 19, like Lugo, haven't lost as much of their development as the people and maybe this is short-sighted but when i see somebody is coming out of that year off at 24 and they're going to double a or triple a and it, i i prefer to see someone that has a lot of time in front of i mean he was a second round pick in 2019 he could blow up this year for sure yeah i feel the same way like the the older guys like 22 plus were the ones that really kind of got hosed with that lack of a season yeah um but yeah so those are the guys that i'm I'm looking at it's really just guys that I would have been excited about last year and then we didn't get to see them. So yep. here we are. All right, we'll give you one more question, then we'll let you get out of here. Um, deep sleepers to watch, um, kind of best chance to move into the top 20 next year um, that maybe you can go as deep as you want with this sleeper um, or, or a couple of names for us. Yeah, so... Uh, a couple that I have, um, I was going off a of Fangraphs list. Um, Jason Rosario and Nick Decker were both they were like twenty one and twenty two. Yeah. Um, so there, it might have been a cop out for the question, but they were they are outside the top twenty. No, <laughs> so, that works. That works. Um, and I think that Rosario was outside the top twenty on the um, over the Monster fans voting as well, which we commented on. So that works. Yeah, both of those guys. Um, you know, Nick Decker didn't really get a chance to do much last year, like everybody else. Um, so I think with a solid season, that he would jump pretty significantly up the list. And Rosario, I think, already has the skill sets to do that. Um, Durbin Feltman is another guy who was like 28 or something like that. Um, this also kind of feels like a make or break year for him as well. Uh, he was someone that I was looking to take a major step forward last year and then didn't get a chance to see it. So now I'm looking for it this year. Um, I believe he's at double A. Um, yes, I think. He, yeah, twenty four years old. So he's on that group we were just talking about that got hosed. Yeah, he was on the fast track um, to the majors. That could have been the um, who's it, Brendan Finnegan for the Royals. Yeah, um, got drafted and then ended up pitching in the World Series the same year. Craig um, Hansen is that his name? Yeah, yeah, I think that was another one. Yeah. Uh, Durbin Feltman, you know, he had that, he was on, on pace to potentially do that with the Red Sox in 2018. Um, but then he, he was well beyond the, the, um, highest number of innings he had ever pitched and just completely wore down. And then I think they shut him down after like three innings in the minors. Um, and then kind of struggled in 2019. And so I was looking to, to see him have a major bounce back. And he does feel like one of the ones that got hosed missing that year because he's one of the elder statesmen of the farm. 
uh, and it's kind of on like his make or break year. And particularly with the past couple of years, the Red Sox bullpen being god awful, he really had a chance to like if he had a really good twenty nineteen, he could have could have been there. Um, yeah, I was that, so ready for that, and and watching him close games out, and I guess this is a lesson learned, right? You have a lot more uh, or way less room for error as a closer coming out of college, but he was so dominant at the end of those games. And when I saw that they picked him, I was all fired up about it and had those exact thoughts. Like, this guy can help us this year, you know? And here we are yeah. a couple of years later. And now the Red Sox bullpen is looking as strong as it ever has. So it's going to be harder going forward to make a mark and kind of establish him and even kind of, like, get the get the chance. So I'm hoping that he has a really good year this year because this feels like his make-or-break year as well. And then yep. Brian Gonzalez. Absolutely. Who, and that Oh yeah, go ahead. Brian Gonzalez. Let's close with him. Yeah, Brian Gonzalez was way down the list. Um he was close to forty. Um his 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 ETA is out there. Uh twenty nineteen he was seventeen years old. Um uh, but in sixty seven games hit nine homers, stole seven bases, had a double digit walk rate and a three forty one OBP, one fourteen WRC plus. He, like, to be that young and have that power established already is real exciting. Yeah. And then, again, was, like, fully drawn into that 2019 and seeing how he takes a step forward in 2020. Didn't happen, so now here we are. But him still only being 19 years old, um, not super worried about his development. Don't think it really derails him at all. But looking forward to him being at a more advanced level and seeing if that power speed combo is still there. Because if it is, that is real exciting. And that is going to shoot him up the prospect ranks. Because that a power speed outfielder is like what every team look is looking for. And they may have one. So it's a rare combo, especially one that um, has the on-base skills that he does. So he could be a real exciting guy to watch in the farm. Yeah, and you know, you got to hope that the the steals stay there, like you said. I mean, sometimes those stolen base numbers can be misleading in the in the lower minors. So hopefully, he can continue that on. I don't think he got an assignment to start, but I'm sure he'll be at a ball soon enough. And I love that pick. That's down in the in the 40s on the list that I'm looking at. That's where I went when we were talking about this last week. I gave a Luis Perales, the right-handed pitcher. Um, was that, was, that was actually throwing. the other guy I was looking at. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was throwing like 96 at 16 years old, and, and you went with the big raw power guy. You know, those are the ones with the, the big tools at 16, 17 years old that are fun to dream on if they can put them all together. Yeah. Or put it all together. So, all right. Well, Keaton, thanks for joining us. Um, you can find both me and Keaton at uh, the Dynasty Guru as well as Over the Monster. Anything that you want to plug while we have you here? Uh, no, just check out the roundtables at OTM. Yeah. Fun stuff. There you go. Keaton can follow Keaton at the Spoken Keats on Twitter. You can follow me at Bob Osgood fifteen and Shelly, who will be back next week. Shelly V underscore six four three. Feel free to throw us a message on there, and we can answer any questions in next week's episode. So. Thanks again, Keaton, and we will talk to you all next week.